Well, it's always great to be back with you, Cross Point. And I want to take you back. 26 years ago, 26 years ago, I married into a family of avid snow skiers, which is cool, but um, I don't like heights in cold weather, so that was a little bit of a challenge for me. I'd never been snow skiing before. And so when Wendy and I were dating, she said, hey, my family's going on our uh, annual ski trip. Would you like to come with us? And I really didn't want to because of heights and cold weather, but I was falling in love with her. So I said, wherever you go, there I want to go. So I found myself in, on the side of a mountain in really cold weather. Y'all, I'm from Atlanta, okay? And so before we were getting, we were getting there, I said, hey, I've never, I've never done this before. I don't, I've never really wanted a snow ski before. Do I need a plan? And they said, oh, you don't need a plan. Look, you're, you're, you play basketball and tennis, you'll figure this out, okay? Which I thought at first glance, I'm like, that's pretty cool. But later I realized those two sports, three sports have nothing in common, okay? Basketball and tennis and snow skiing. So, okay. So we didn't really have a, didn't really have a plan, right? And um, so I'm, I'm going out there and I said, well, what am I gonna do? And they said, well, there's this thing called the bunny slope. And you'll just, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna go up, you're gonna come down the bunny slope a couple times, you'll get the hang of it. Remember basketball, tennis, it'll be great. And then we're gonna have a great time. Okay, okay. I had no idea that that was the biggest bunny I would ever see in my entire life, okay? And also these things called, you know, bunny slope, those two words should not travel together. It's kind of like an oxymoron, right? Two words that don't really travel together, um, such as jumbo shrimp, <laughs> pretty ugly, and Utah Jazz. These are two words that really don't really travel well, well together. So long story short, I find myself on a ski lift going up to the bunny slope. This is the first day in my life I've ever had snow ski, uh, skis on. And uh, I, I turned to Wendy and I said, hey, how does the ski lift operator know that there are people like me who've never skied before so that, you know, do we give them a sign and they shut the ski lift off so I'm able to get off, they stop it and I can, you know, ski, you know get off of this thing. And she goes, oh, they don't stop the ski lift. So they don't stop the ski lift. Well, then how am I supposed to get off? She says, and I quote, you ski off the ski lift, okay? And I thought, okay, we're dating. So this is the first miscommunications we've had. I don't know how to do this, right? Oh, basketball, tennis, you're gonna be fine, okay? So it comes to that moment. My skis for the first time hit this. I'm on this little slope, right? And I know I'm gonna date myself, but some of you remember the wide world of sports agony of defeat guy, right? Where the guy falls down. And, and so that's what happens to me. My right ski comes completely off, goes flying down this little hill. And uh, my, my future father-in-law would have to go retrieve it. And as he's retrieving it, I know what he's thinking is he's bringing this ski to me, dear Lord, don't let this man marry my daughter. Okay. So, <laughs> so I finally get back on and like, now we're on the bunny slope, right? This big old bunny. And so I don't, I've never done this before. So now I'm going a little bit, gaining some speed. Oh, the other thing I don't like is I don't like going fast. Okay. Going fast. Other than going fast, cold weather in a mountain. This is awesome. Okay. So, so I'm really, I'm, I'm as I'm going down this bunny slope, I'm trying to remember the, 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 the really answer to a really important question, which is how do I stop? Okay, how do I stop? And I remember them telling me, just put the, you know, your skis kind of like this and you'll come to a slow to a stop. But I'm going so fast, I feel like I had to go like the extra effort. I'm kind of an extra effort guy. So instead of doing this, I did this with my skis. You don't want to do that if you've never been snow skiing before. Again, agony of defeat guy. I'm all over the right skis, like, please get me out of this. It goes flying down the, the slope. Now my, my future father was having to go way down this bunny slope to get that. Now I'm like the old woman in the commercial. I've fallen and I can't get up, okay? And so 
Wendy's helping me. And I know what she's thinking. Dear Lord, don't let me marry this man as she's trying to get me up. And no lie, as I'm trying to get up, there's a ski of kindergartners just going right by me, <laughs> waving at me. It was the most humiliating experience of my life. Okay, so the point is, if you've never been snow skiing, you need to have a plan, even if you do play basketball and tennis, okay? So the point is, you gotta have a plan. Now, the reason I tell you that is we're in this series called Heart of Gold. And Kevin's been leading us through this and really painting a beautiful picture of the fact that you know, this thing called generosity, it's not just something that flows from us to other people, which is great, but it does something for us. God wants something from, for you, not something from you. And you've, you've noticed this before. You've been around somebody that's really, really generous and you can just tell because it, it flows from their heart to their face. They're just, it's just a countenance about them. You know, the opposite of true is true as well. In fact, we'll see this over the next few weeks as we get closer to Christmas with a Christmas carol, right? Ebenezer Scrooge. I know, I, I know Scrooge is just a made up play, but it's a really good illustration of what happens when our heart gets stingy. It flows to our face. That's the three quarters of the play. Yet the last quarter of the play, his gen generosity breaks out and it just didn't break out of his heart. It flows to his face. God wants that for you. But the challenge with generosity is sometimes generosity is connected to spontaneity. What I mean by that is when we see a need and we wanna fill a need, that's great, that's awesome. But if, that's, if spontaneity is left to trigger our generosity, there's a challenge with that. And the challenge is the cares and the worries and the fears that you and I have. Not only that, let me pick on me, not you. The person that sometimes I'm most concerned about is me. And what happens when I'm most concerned about me and I don't have a plan toward generosity, that the worries and the selfishness and the fears that I have and the insecurities and the anxieties can begin to shrink my heart and I don't have a heart of gold. And what your heavenly father wants is for generosity and his love to break out of your heart, yes, to the people that are around you, but to your face as well. We can't leave generosity just to spontaneity. It has to be consistent. So what I want to talk about today, if we want to have a heart of gold, I want to talk about a generosity plan. You need to have a plan for snow skiing and you need to have a plan for generosity. And specifically what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a generosity principle from Jesus and a generosity practice from the Old Testament. So we're going to be in the book of Matthew. We're going to be both in the New Testament and the Old Testament today. We're going to be in the first book of the New Testament and the last book of the Old Testament. Okay, Matthew and Malachi. And in this, what we're going to see from Jesus is we're going to see a principle that he encourages you and I to practice. Then we're going to flip over to the Old Testament and we're going to see a practice. But what I want you to see today is that generosity isn't just something that happens every once in a while. It's something that can actually can consistently come into our hearts and flow out of our hearts. Because left to our own devices, let me just pick on me, left to my own devices, I don't drift toward healthy things in life. I have to be intentional. For example, at, at, at 10 o'clock at night, I'm not you know, sitting around going, you know what I want right now? A bowl of broccoli. Does anybody have some broccoli right now? No, I wanna drift toward ice cream, right? So nothing wrong with that occasionally, but what I wanna do, I've gotta be intentional. And I have, to, I have to design health in my life. And what we have to do if we wanna have a heart of gold, we have to design generosity into our lives. But the cool thing that Jesus does for us is what he begins to paint for us is, yes, there's something that the people benefit in our lives when we're generous, but Jesus begins to paint a picture of something that I think many, if not all of us, walked in with today at all of our campuses. 
You probably, you probably walked in here today or you're watching online with some worries. You're probably worried about something or a lot of things. Maybe there's a fear. Maybe there's some anxieties. Maybe you look at your world or maybe you look at the world. There's a lot to be worried and concerned about. Specifically, if you look at your own personal finances and see what's going on in the world. I mean, inflation's a real deal, right? What's gonna happen in 2023? There's a lot of worries and anxieties and fears that we bring into today. Jesus actually speaks into that as he leads us to a principle. So if you're worried about something today, if you're afraid of something today, If you're afraid of the future, Jesus wants to speak into that today. But it's challenging and an invitation. So we can't take the good and discard the challenge. There's a challenge that's coming our way, but it's at the heart of the Father because he doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. So in Matthew chapter six, Kevin's been leading us in. We got to start each Sunday in this series with the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to do that today in Matthew chapter six, verse 24. We're going to dive right in a little bit where Kevin left off last week. Jesus said, hey, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And who are these masters that he's talking about? You cannot serve both God and money. Now, as Kevin said last week, money's not um, the love of, I mean, money's not the the evil thing, the love of money, right? The love of money. So Jesus is contrasting this, but don't miss this. Here comes the good part. If you came in here worried about something today, worried about your life, what's going on, Jesus speaks into that. He doesn't negate that. He wants to lift your eyes to a higher plane. He says this in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, (laughs) what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What will you wear? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? He continues, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? No offense to the birds, but you're more valuable. So again, let me just pause and say this. If you walked in today and you don't think you're valuable to God, Jesus says you are. God values his creation, but he values you above all his creation because you are his son or you are his daughter. And then Jesus adds this really, really important question that we need to pause on. Verse 27 says this. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? What a great question. How many of you have spent an hour worrying and at the end of that hour you thought, that was amazingly helpful for me. I'm so glad I did that. I'll tell you what, I just got a better perspective on life right now. But that's what we do. That's what, let me not pick on you, let me pick on me. I worry, I'm a worrier. I, I come from a line of worriers, all right? If my mom doesn't have anything to worry about, she worries about that, okay? What's coming? I don't have anything to worry about. So Jesus is saying, hey, really? Worry's not very helpful, but he keeps pushing us. Now, he's not negating the reality, all right? Hang with me, because Jesus isn't living in some fantasy world. He's gonna talk about the reality of this. He says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
Then he moves in. Now, let me pause here. This isn't a plea for being lazy. This isn't a plea for being, you know, not being responsible. It's a plea for you to focus on a principle of generosity. He continues. If that is how, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is true today and tomorrow, is thrown, and, and, and all of this is thrown into the fire, will not he much more clothe you? You of little faith, pushing at us a little bit. So do not worry, he says. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans, those who are, don't believe in God, they run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. So all of this is leading to this principle, okay? So Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. That's the good news. And here's some even more good news, but this is the challenging part. And here's the challenging part that we're about to get into, okay? Jesus says, if you want to be able to do that, here's how this works. Verse 33. But seek First, his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Oh my goodness. That's true about worry. That's true about all that. I get all that. That's great. And Jesus is going, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, if you want to understand how to do that, you have to seek first his kingdom. That's the generosity principle. When it comes to generosity, having a heart that isn't just going spontaneous from time to time, oh, I'm gonna give to that, I'm gonna run over and give some of my time here. That's awesome, that's great. But if that's where we start and stop with generosity, we'll never truly have a heart of gold because the cares and the concerns and the fears and the insecurity in my life and your life and the world in general wars against that. So to deal with all that, we have to seek First, the kingdom. Specifically as it relates to generosity, to get there, we have to put something into practice. It's not enough for you and I to hear that from Jesus and go, that's, that's good. Seek first the kingdom. I'm gonna do that someday. That's gonna be off. I, seek first. That's what I'm gonna do. What happens, what, what happens at this point is God really challenges us in a very specific way, one of the most tangible ways to seek first the kingdom and that is with our finances, okay? Now, to understand this practice built under this principle, we're gonna go into the book of Malachi. And what we're doing today is we're eavesdropping in to a conversation that God has with the nation of Israel. And it's not, um, it's, it's a pretty heated conversation, all right? So we're eavesdropping into this. So not all of this applies to us, but in this conversation that he has with the nation of Israel, there's a practice that I wanna lift up to you and me. And to tell you, hey, if we really want to do this, if we really want to reap the benefits of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, this is a practice to implement into our lives. And not only is it a fantastic principle from a financial standpoint, it's an incredible principle and practice from a generosity standpoint. So we're eavesdropping in. So it's like walking up to a, a, a conversation, a heated conversation. It's between God and the priest of the, of the nation of Israel. And this is what God says, all right? So not all this applies to us, but there's a practice that does. Malachi chapter three, verse seven says this. God says, hey, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me. By the way, let me just pause there. For some of you, you've returned to God and have taken a step by, by coming to church today. That's awesome. Way to go. God longs for you to return to him. 
So he says to the nation of Israel, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you do rob me. So here's God having a conversation with the nation of Israel, basically saying, I'd love for you to return to me because I want to have a relationship with you, but you just need to know you're robbing me. Robbing you? How do you rob God? How does that work? So God asked the question in verse eight. But you ask, how are you robbing you? How, how are we robbing you? And in essence, God says, I'm so glad you asked that, even though they didn't, right? It's like, hey, how are you robbing? How are you robbing God? And here is his answer. In tithes and offerings. In tithes and offerings. And here's, again, this is his challenge to them. This is not to us. But you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now, this whole idea, some of you grew up in church and you heard the word tithes and offerings. You had a guy like me come up and say, we're going to bring our tithes and offerings with us today. And many people believe tithes and offerings are the same exact thing. They're actually not. They're two separate things. In fact, you can't give a tithe. You don't give a tithe. What happens is, is we bring a tithe and we give an offering. There's a huge distinction. We bring a tithe because the tithe does not belong to us. You can't give something that does not belong to you. So what God is saying to the nation of Israel is, hey, a tithe is the first tenth that belongs to me. You bring that to me. And above and beyond that is an offering, tithes and offerings. And if we want to seek first the kingdom and have a heart of gold and generosity, the practice here is to seek first by understanding the first tenth of our income goes to God and anything above that is an offering. We bring a tithe and we give an offering. Now, here's the reality when it comes to giving to charities, giving, being a, a generous people. And uh, here's, I think, the general feeling and principle on this. And the general principle, I think, for most of us is we would say this, hey, I feel like I'm a generous person. You know, I give to this every now and then. And here's the reality. If I made more money, I would give more money. No doubt about that. I believe in me. I'm a generous person. If I made more money, I would give more money. So Lord, bless me, test me out and let me win the lottery. And I will show you at that point that if I, if I, had, if I made more money, I would give more money. Okay, so I believe that. So I know you're the exception to the rule. But let me show you what the data shows. The data actually, the research shows, if we wanna be a generous people, generous person, have a heart of gold, Something interesting happens the more money you make. And let me pause and say this. If you are in your 20s, if you can start to apply what we're talking about today, when you're an old man like me, you will be so glad you did. Not only from a financial standpoint, but more importantly, from a faith standpoint. So if we, we gotta be careful, maybe you're the exception to the rule, but this idea, if I made more money, I would give more money. Let me show you what the research says. So here's some income levels, annual income levels under 25,000 all the way to $200,000 above. And so I wanna show you the percentage that these income levels give. Again, this isn't me talking about this, this is research. Research says for folks that, are, that make under $25,000 a, uh, a year, I'm sorry, $25,000 a year, they give away 7.7% of their income. Pretty healthy, right? Still not a 10, 10%, but okay, start 7.7%. Now what we would expect, right, is as we go down this list, the higher the income level, the higher the percentage it goes up. 25 to $50,000, actually it drops to 4.8%. 
50 to $75,000 a year, it drops to 3.5%. Wait, time out. I thought if we made more money, we would give more money. What's happening here? 75 to $100,000 a year, 3.0%. 100 to $200,000 a year, at this point, the lowest level that there is, 2.6%. And $200,000 above, 2.8%. Now, the question is, why is that? Why is that? Can I tell you why that is? Because if we have generosity and spontaneity is the trigger, that's what it looks like. Now, there's another reason why it looks like this, okay? I'm gonna show you, practically speaking, how this works, okay? So um, these two pies over here represent, uh, this first pie over here represents um, your, your annual income, okay? So all this is your income, and these slices here are gonna, how you slice your, you know, the, the income up for all the expenses that we all have. Now, before I do this, let me just encourage you, I am not a professional pie slicer, okay? So this is about to get messy. The first service was laughing at my uh, lack of ability and you can do that as well, okay? So it's about to get messy. No one ever asked me, my family, hey dad, will you cut the pie? So I'm not a pie slicer or anything like that. So that's not the point today. But let's say if this is your income, right? So the first, let's say the first level of expense that you had, the very first thing that you probably pay for would be, housing, right? Maybe you own a house, maybe you have a mortgage, uh, maybe, it's, um, maybe it's a rent or something, so you've got to pay, uh, rent to pay. So that's the first big slice, right, right off the top, right? Um, by the way, I'm doing a whole lot better so far than the first service, okay? <laughs> then there are probably household expenses, right? You got to pay for food, you got to pay for you know, electricity, you got to pay for the water bill, you know, all of that, you got that. Um, And then um, you got these little minor expenses, like we have to have Apple TV, we have to have Spotify, we have to have iTunes, right? We got it. I mean, you can't do life without all of that stuff. Um, Then, then you've got, you know, just if you've been paying attention, the gas prices and transportation, right? All that, and just the normal level of you know, economic expenses as well. So you gotta pay for all that. Then, I mean, come on. Gotta, each new season, each new clothing line, right? So we gotta have some clothing line. You know, gotta have some, the latest clothes. So we gotta do that, right? I mean, we, we gotta have clothes, right? So all that's really important. So we got that. By the way, does anybody want some pie? Would y'all like some pie? This is awesome. Come on, it's awesome. You start with dessert, it's gonna be fantastic. So there you go, there you go. It's good. I wish, I, I wish we would have had some ice cream up here, right? Hey, if you've got kids, if you got kids, pretty much the rest of the pie, right? So... <laughs> You got kids, you got, you know, maybe they're, you know, got to save their college education, all that. Oh, here's another one we forget, we forget. Don't forget those taxes, got to pay taxes, right? Jesus said, render to Caesar, what is Caesar? So you got you to do that. Oh, and hey, come on now, we got to go on vacation. Everybody has to have vacation, right? So we got to go on vacation, that's, that's awesome. I mean, you know, nothing wrong with vacation. It's not a sin to go on vacation, right? Um, oh, and just your know, normal emergency experience, expenses, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. So we get all of these expenses, and I'm not even listing all these. And here's what happens. Here's where we get. This is what we have left. Now, cross point. I love you. I'm for you. There's nothing in this talk for me because I don't work here. You're not gonna see me again for the rest of the year. I'm a guest preacher. Um, if, you're, if you get mad at me, well, what I'm talking about today, I totally understand that. This is a no judgment zone, okay? And if you wanna email me, that's fine. My email address is kevinqueen at crosspoint.tv, okay? So 
I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm trying to be loving, but I'm trying to present some helpful information. But you need to understand this. When it comes to this, God is not content with our leftovers. Let me say that again. God is not content with our leftovers. This is not seek first the kingdom of God. This isn't how this works. We also have to understand this as well, that in God's economy, um, God deals in percentages. He doesn't deal in dollars, if you will. What do I mean by that? Well, here's the great news. If you, you can give $100 away, if you're on the lower income level, you can give $100 away and in God's eyes, be more generous than someone who gives $1,000 away. Do you know why? Because God sees the bigger percentage in your heart. It's why that, you probably know the story, one day Jesus is in the synagogue and all the religious leaders are coming and giving their tithes and offerings and everybody's wowed by the, the, the volume of gifts that they're giving, but Jesus knows their percentage. And there's one lady, a widow, she gives, you know, dollar-wise, if you will, a small, small amount compared to the dollar amount they gave. But because of the percentage, Jesus said, look at her. Look how generous she is. God's economy doesn't deal in dollar bills, if you will. He deals in percentages. But we have to understand this. God doesn't want our money. He wants our hearts. God doesn't want our money. He wants our hearts. So if it's not this, what do you do? How do you seek first the kingdom? Well, what happens is, how's the pie? Is it good? Awesome, great, great. The first thing that you do is the first tenth. Does it go to the mortgage? Does it go to the rent? Even though all that's important. The first tenth is given to God. That's just the tithe. Anything else is offerings. This is what it looks like to seek first the kingdom of God and have a generosity plan. You start here. You have a plan, a principle, and a practice. And when this happens, it allows you to have a plan so that you're not just at the whims of spontaneity, although there's nothing wrong with spontaneity, that consistency begins to grow in your heart. In fact, let me go to the 20-somethings again. Here's your plan. Give 10%, save 10%, live on the rest. Give 10%, save 10%, and live on the rest. Kevin mentioned that last week, and then you can grow those first two percentages the older and you get. But I'm telling you, if you will apply that now, it's an opportunity for God to bless you in so many different ways. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So I have a couple of friends, Chris and, uh, I have more than two friends, but I have a couple of friends named Chris and Sandra, and uh, they're awesome, and they've been doing this for a number of years. They're in their 30s, they have a, a five-year-old kid, they're awesome, but they've been doing this, and they have a bigger slice, tithes and offerings, tithes and offerings. So they tithe to the local church, but they have this pocket of giving that, as Chris would say, it's not ours, it's God's, and it's so fun. They just walk around. I'm, I'm gonna give them that. I'm, I'm gonna give them that. And they're some of the most joyful people that you would wanna be around. You know why? Because they have hearts of gold. One of the nonprofits they support is a ministry in Atlanta that um, helps families who have children with cancer. And a few weeks ago, they had a silent auction raising money for this nonprofit, and Chris and Sandra went. 
And over here, they noticed that they had a lot of sports memorabilia. And Chris is a huge sports fan. And he noticed that there was a basketball signed by Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Well, my mom is 94 years old. She'll be 95 next month. She is the biggest Trey Young basketball fan. I'm telling you, no, no lie. She texted me last night. By the way, my 94-year-old mom is texting. Thank you very much. She, the Hawks went in overtime last night. Trey Young threw an alley-oop pass at the buzzer to win in overtime. She texted me and said, my man Trey Young won the game last night, Jeffrey, right? So Chris notices there's a Trey Young basketball. He also is at a silent auction. So the higher this ball is bid on, the more money this nonprofit gets. And he gets in this bidding war, gets in this bidding war, gets in this bidding war, and he wins it for my mom. And this is the picture of my mom with her Trey Young basketball. Isn't that great? <laughs> Trey, the autograph is right here. She's got the, you know, she, that, by the way, this little, it's a newspaper clip. It's in her hanging in her room. All right, there you go very much. I sent this to Chris and I said, thank you so much for making my mom stay. Do you know what he said to me? Are you kidding me? Thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun because I had money in my pocket, Jeff, by the way, that didn't belong to me. It belonged to God. So I was just giving God's money away. It was awesome, right? And I put it, when you put a smile on that 94-year-old wonderful face, it puts a smile on my face. That's a heart of gold. And what God, I think, is in essence saying, hey, gang, I know this is challenging. I know this is challenging economic times. I know many of you are facing hard times, right? Maybe you lost your job this month. Okay, please understand, you've come to the right church, okay? So your circumstances, we're not making light of them, and you can be the exception to the rule today, okay? But what God is saying in this analogy is, hey, be honest with you, I, I don't want your leftovers, if you need to start with a percentage, that's okay. But ultimately, I want a bigger part of your heart. And I'm not asking for 100%. I'm just asking to start with 10%. And here is what God is in essence saying to us today. And I've seen this play out in my own life. 90% of your income with my blessing is greater than 100% of your income without my blessing. 90% of your income with my blessing is greater than 100% over your income with my blessing. And this is the pathway. It's going to require a plan. Now, how do you do this? Well, there are a lot of variety of ways to do this. Maybe get into a small group. Maybe you discuss a financial plan with your small group. Maybe you say, hey, here's where I am right now. Maybe I'm at 3% giving. I wanna get to 10% by the end of 2023. You have a group of people around you that will help you, but I'm telling you, this is one of the things that will grow your faith. Because don't forget what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter six. Hey, don't worry about this stuff. Your heavenly father knows that you need this. But if you wanna understand how to practice this and truly live out the don't worry part of this, Seek first. Start first here. And what's so interesting about this as we close, in the, in, in the conclusion of this conversation in Malachi chapter three, God says something that actually is interesting. You know, we're, we're taught to not put the Lord your God to test, right? And that's true, with one exception. In Malachi chapter three, and I know in essence, God is saying, hey, I know this is challenging. I know this is challenging, but 
I wanna ask you to do something, he says in Malachi chapter three. He says this, this is really interesting. Test me in this. I know you might be skeptical. Test me in this. I did a lot of research to understand the, the, the original language that this was written in. It was really interesting. The original language says, in terms of test me in this, says, I triple dog dare you. Original language, so I'm um, just kidding. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. This is, please understand, I hope you, I think you probably already understand this. This is not prosperity gospel. You throw down a dollar, God's gonna give you a limousine. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> what we're saying is, is this is a faith issue. And we start here. We seek first the kingdom of God in this overflow, inviting God into our lives and the trust. When you do this, I'm telling you, God has your full attention and that's what he wants. Now, the reason this is so personal to me, I mentioned my mom. Um, I saw this in my home growing up. My, my mom and dad practiced this. So um, 10 years ago, this coming February, my dad passed away. My dad was my hero, miss him every single day, every single day. And, you know, if you've ever had um, a parent pass away, you go through the estate stuff and you have to sit down with estate lawyers and the will has to change. You have to change the names and all that kind of stuff. So we were doing all that and uh, sat down with a lawyer and changed, you know, the will and all this kind of stuff. And uh, the lawyer was very, very helpful. And again, my dad was a, was a preacher. He, um, he never made a whole lot of money. So it's not like, it wasn't like it was complicated because we're, you know, he's like, you know, he's a gazillionaire or nothing like that. It was just the normal stuff that you have to do. So we were wrapping up, all this was over, and we were leaving the lawyer's office, and the lawyer pulled me aside. He goes, hey, can I ask you something before you leave? I said, sure. And he says, if this is personal, you don't have to answer this. Um, I just, I'm just really curious. You know, your dad was a preacher. He never really made a whole lot of money. Um, but looking at the estate that your mom now has, she'll, she'll never have to worry about where money's coming from um, because she's so well taken care of. Was there an investment that your dad had? Um, was there an oil field out in the backyard? Did he maybe win the lottery? Like I said, my dad was a Baptist preacher. He was, he was not allowed to play the lottery in the Baptist church. Um, he goes, well, if it wasn't like, you know, some massive thing or a rich uncle, was it a rich uncle? It was a rich uncle. I said, it was, I think you could call it a rich relative. It wasn't an uncle, it was his father. My parents, the first 10% of their income went to the church or then offerings went beyond and above that. Now, they did a really good job stewarding the rest. And as they got older, and as they began to spread this these percentages out, God continued to bless which is why I think the Lord says, test me in this. It's not about the money. It's about your heart. Money's not evil. The love of money is evil. And if you think this is all about Cross Point Church and Cross Point just wants our money, here's the deal. Give the money to another church. Give the money somewhere else so we don't get caught in that mix. Just give it away. But 
Don't go through life here. Yeah, it may take time to go from here to here, but this is the generosity plan. This is the generosity principle. Seek first. And this is the generosity practice. Tithe the first tenth and give beyond that when you can. And this is how God will begin to free you up from the worry and the cares and the concerns because you will see how God the Father takes care of you. And beyond that, you'll begin to see that generosity flow from here to here for all of us to see. So Father, thank you for your generosity to us. Oh my goodness, you started first and you are so well beyond being so generous to us. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here. This is a generous church. We've already heard stories about that today. And I pray for those who are facing economic hardships and challenges right now. Thank you that they have come to the right place, a church that will love and support and pray and be there for them. And may the generosity of your heart that continues to flow to our hearts, may it flow out to Nashville and beyond because you gave, you loved, you were generous first. And what a joy and privilege it is to respond to that. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, Cross Point, happy Thanksgiving. I look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great week. God bless.